his ministry uses parable for a very, very specific purpose, which is what we'll be discussing this Lord's Day morning. Pero just to give you a, a snapshot, is basically if you study the parable, it's actually trying to look out the window of the kingdom of God. It's simply a way for you to see what's inside or what is the kingdom. So technically speaking, the parable is the kingdom of God. That's it. If you know what the kingdom of God is, you will learn what the parable means. Not the other way around. Okay? Indeed, yung, if you learn much of the parable, pwede ngang merong scholastic study of the parables. Eh. Um, do you know how many parables there is in, in the gospel? Somebody counted. Ah, oh, 49. Uh, 49. Somebody counted. The scholars counted it. Pero does it really follow that those who studied the parable knows the kingdom? No. It, it's, it's the other way around. When you know the kingdom, you will know the parable. Okay? When you know the kingdom, you'll know the parable. So when Jesus uses that, it is to serve as windows into the mysteries of the kingdom. This means that the stories, the parables, are the stories about the kingdom. Okay? It, it provides a way for us to perceive the unseen realities of the kingdom of God. Okay? That God reigns over his people, and specifically speaking, with the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower sheds light to the fact that in the nature of the church, it will always be a community bounded by regenerate the, the parable of the story is telling us that the kingdom will always be composed of a community of regenerate people. Okay? So this parable is an important masterpiece of Jesus' teaching because it makes us see beyond the ordinary elements. In this parable, we will learn that the fertile soil of regenerated heart where the seed of God's word takes root is the only one that flourishes and yields abundant fruit. The church as a kingdom is basically a collected or collective regenerate hearts that is being mirrored as the soil in the sower's field. So that as members of this community, our role is to be continued in being nurtured in the transformative power of God's word, a living testament to the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit within us. Pastor, you keep on saying regenerative. I lost you in that term. But it's basically, regeneration means that the work for you to believe comes from the unseen hands of the Holy Spirit's work. Ulitin ko, ang daming work nun, no? Ang ibig sabihin lang nun, pag na-regenerate ka, it is the work of the Spirit softening your heart. That's it. Simple lang. Okay. So our preaching this morning will cover three parts. Let's see there. So, uh, binasa lang natin kanina yung last part, pero we'll discuss three parts. The first one is spirit-wrought faith. The second one is grace-bestowed election. And the last one would be faith-grounded holiness. Spirit-wrought, meaning spirit ang nagbigay, ang naggawa. Okay? So, uh, I think it would be beneficial for us to have this uh, handle on the, the, the preaching for today, but I think best that we, we pray first 
and ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand everything that will be preached this Lord's Day morning. Let's bow our heads and let us pray. Lord God, help us know your ways, teach us your path, lead us into the truth, teach us, for you are the God of our salvation. For we wait all day long through Christ our Lord. Amen. So, I'm not sure if you read it, uh, but if you want to read it, you can read it with as I go along. It's found in Matthew 13. So we start with verses 1 to 9. The first thing that you will notice here is the place. He's in Galilee. What's the significance? The significance is basically saying to us that it's not yet in Jerusalem. The power house of uh, Israel. So he's still preaching at the outskirts. But even with that, no, as you would expect, I'm not sure if you would expect it, but the narrative is telling us Jesus is already taking in some opposition. That is why when he was preaching, he was in the river. And he was in that Galilee uh, Sea, not a river, a sea, wherein there are still a lot of multitudes trying to listen to what he is saying. But then eventually, even though Jesus is already clearly preaching prior to this, okay, this is the first time that he will be preaching in a parable way. Okay? This is the first time that he will be preaching in a parabolic way. Uh, for context, lalabas, uh, there's been a clamor already from the leadership of Israel at the time to oppose him during his preaching. The Pharisees were already visiting where he's preaching and saying to the crowd that Jesus is not the prophet from the Messiah or the Messiah or the prophet from Yahweh, but he is from the devil. Ang sinasabi nila, Zerubbabel, meaning he is a demonic prophet. Okay, what's the significance is primarily saying to everyone, don't listen to this preacher, he's from the devil. Ang tawag po doon modern day is gaslighting. <laughs> uh, gaslighting po ang tawag ngayon doon. Kasi yun yung lalabas, sinabihan ka ng sinabihan, ah, may ginawa siyang mali, sinabihan ka ng sinabihan, hindi ikaw, uh, meron ko nga, ikaw nga, ganyan, ganyan, ganyan. Sa so, pagdating ng end ng conversation, yung feeling mo, ikaw ngayon ng may mali. Tawag doon, gaslighting. The end of the day, walang na-acknowledge kasi parang lalabas pa, ikaw pa ngayon ng mali. Eh, siya ngayon may ginawang mali eh. Well, anyway, yun yung problema nowadays in our society. So, nagagaslight na ating Panginoon so Christ at this point. He is being uh, branded as not the Yahweh or the prophet from Yahweh, but now a, de a demonic prophet. Comes the parable, Okay. The parable started when Jesus already knows that the audience will be mixed. Okay? That the audience will now be, uh, be partly believers, but partly hardened unbelievers. Which is why when Jesus preached the parable of the sower, it's basically a response to the opposition of his message that uh, the Pharisees and the leaders of their uh, day is receiving. Why? Because nagkaroon po na ng, um, alam nyo po yung tinatawag na mental dissonance. Yung if you believe something nung bata ka and you, you've cherished that so much. Uh, I'm not sure, nabanggit ko na yan, pero 
yun na pinaniwala ako na nanay at tatay ko na ang ninong niya ay si Rizal. And nakompute ko po yung dates nung tumatanda ako. Dad, it will not make sense. Rizal lived at 1800. <laughs> Pero matanda na po ako noon nung narealize ko yun, di ba? Pero nung time na yun, I held it. Pero nung, nung nag-aaral na po ako, nag, tumatama na sa utak ko yung ano, yung, ano yung tama. Pero dahil authority figure nagsabi sa akin, tatay ko yun eh. Oy, pastor yun ah. So, tumatama siya. So, feeling ko, uh, tumatama siya sa utak ko. Pero I have to believe the truth. And the leaders of their time, majority of the leaders of Jesus' time, believe in a different kind of Messiah. A kind of a glorious Messiah. Not a Messiah that will be a carpenter's son who will be preaching in a boat. Okay? So the expectations of the Pharisees is way, 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 way off dun sa, expect, sa reality of the kingdom. Which is why when Jesus was, was preaching to them, the, the Pharisees were actually thinking of using scripture against Jesus. Where? Where the Isaiah text that we have read kanina was telling us that there is a kind of hearing that does not believing, a kind of seeing that does not see, tama ba? But at the end of that, uh, that book, Isaiah 55, Isaiah is saying a way of agricultural harvest that would mean to them that there will be a glorious day for Israel the moment that the Messiah comes. A day of victory. So it is composed of two parts. One, that the Messiah will rule over Jerusalem and Israel. Second, all the nations surrounding them will be conquered by the Messiah. But that's the Old Testament expectation of the misreading of the text. That all these uh, Pharisees were thinking a kind of glorious Messiah. One, the Messiah will rule over Jerusalem. Therefore, the Roman, the Roman, emperor, uh, the Roman emperor will cease to exist. And then they will extend all their uh, rule over all the nations. Which is why, nung time na to, Jesus picked up the analogy of the, uh, of the agricultural metaphor, but now took it and formed it as a parable. Okay? And the parable is uh, problematic because since merong siyang literalistic understanding during his time, the spiritual understanding of the parable will be harder to understand. Okay? Because if you think about it, the parable is about a harvest of the land. Tama? There's a physical land, there is a seed, there's a, uh, parang there's a farmer putting in seed and there will be growing of the seed. So when that's being heard by those who are opposing Jesus, it appears na, ah, okay, so tama naman yung sinasabi. That is, the, that is the interpretation of Isaiah 55. But later on, you'll find out Jesus talked to his disciples and told them a different kind of understanding the text. Because when Jesus teaches the kingdom of God, it is actually a message wherein the land, the soil, is not a physical land. It's not a physical soil. But the kingdom of God will come to the hearts of His people. Ulitin ko lang, that the parable itself is teaching not the physical land, 
Okay? What he is teaching is that the kingdom that has come in Christ will be a kind of kingdom that will be spiritual in nature and has the power to regenerate the hearts of his people. So nung naririnig to nung unang hearers, same objections to. Same kind of confusion din yung nararamdaman nila. Pero only those who are transformed by the spirit wrought faith, yun lang bali ang nakakuha ng understanding ng parable. That is why kinailangan ni Jesus na ituro to in a parable way. Kasi, when Jesus was teaching the parable of the sower, when it was uh, being, um, uh, being sown, okay, that's metaphorical, it was the same message. Okay? It was a common message, but being received differently. Ulitin ko po, when the kingdom of God is being preached, it will always be the same message, but it will always also be okay, received differently by different hearers. Okay? Why is that important? Because Jesus is not doing double speak. It is single speak, but it will always have multiple hearing. Single speak with multiple understanding. Okay, hindi nagdi-deceive si Jesus dito. Alam mo yan, yung, yung ginagawa ng karamihan ng mga tao, nakakausapin ka, papaniwala na sa'yo na ikaw yung pinaka-best friend niya sa mundo, tapos meron din kausap na iba, siya rin yung best friend friends sa mundo. Anong tawag doon? Tawag doon is double speak. Okay? You're not being true. You're not being authentic. What you see is not what you get. Tama ba? Jesus is not, is not doing that. What he's saying is, yes, I will say the kingdom, the message of the kingdom, but know that the kingdom will be received differently by different leaders. Okay? So that's what happened. Contrary to the expectation, when he proclaimed the message of conversion, which is the seed of the word of God, people think that there will be civil conversion, meaning everyone now will be, be forced to submit to the, the, the Messiah of this kingdom of God. But contrary to expectation, it is not by civil force. It will be by spiritual regeneration. How I wish sometimes no, the Philippines would declare that since we are a Christian country, they would say, oh, everybody would have to be on church on Sunday, huh? How I wish. That would have made the, the work of the pastors easier. But I will not agree to it. I will not. There was a time in the church history of the reformers where in state-sponsored churches does, did that, did past tense. But did it work? Did it really transform the hearts of men? Ako, poetically, syempre I would say, kahit po wala pong tao masyado, as long as I know that the people are intently here to hear the message, then I will take that any time of the day. Okay? Then a spirit, and then a people-filled araneta. Okay? Having their bands. Okay? Di ba? I will not do that. So, 
Kasi nga, it's never to be by civil force. It has to be spiritually generated. So it will be spiritual, a uh, spirit wrought kind of faith. The use of the agricultural metaphor seems to be pointing out a harvest. Supposed to be parang a kind of jubilee, a kind of celebration. But contrast to that, Jesus is saying, no, no, no. There will be, from now on, different kinds of seeds. Different, uh, sorry, contra, uh, different, kinds, different kinds of soils. Wherein there will be diverse responses and there will be conditions to the receptivity of the individual human hearts. The parable reflects to us this kind of con- uh, biblical theme wherein yung transformative power of divine revelation will remain objective. Uh, objective, meaning, inisip ko kasi, Pastor, eh paano po kung boring siya? Ay wala na po kung magagawa doon, boring siya. Okay? I could have coached him better in terms of public speaking, but will that change the message? Objective ah, message. I will always say no. Pero pa sir, napaka jolly naman niya. Oo, sometimes nga, it gets in the way of the message. Eh. Uh, if I find myself in a frame of mind, I'm trying to be funny more, nagiging problema yun eh. It tends, at saka, you will not know me as a serious guy because I am a very serious guy. So, uh, so parang nisi ko, yeah, may mga personality issues, but actually, if you think about it, the objective word of God does not change. But Jesus said it has transformative power. Okay, pero nasaan yung power? Lumalabas, Jesus is saying in this parable that the, transmor- the transformative power is the way that the soil has been conditioned. Uh, the parable unfolds for us a vivid metaphorical description of the various uh, soil types representing different responses to the divine, the singular divine message. There are four kinds of conditions. The path, the rocky ground, the thorn, and a good soil. Just so that you know, the path, the rocky ground, the thorny ground, and the good soil. The first three obviously yielded a negative result. So that would be what batting average there. Four, three out of four would be 75, tama? Tama ba yung matko? Okay. So 25%. So if that is literally true, then I would say ang masisave lang, siguro banda dito lang, no? Palagay ko yung mga nandyan. Sorry po, impyerno na po, wag na po kayo mag-effort. Okay? Pero you're laughing, right? Because that's absurd. Because you don't understand. Even Jesus would laugh at you. <laughs> Really? That's not what I meant. So Jesus is saying that literalistically, tat- tatlo lang out of four, uh, oh, mali, uh, ang, ang, oh, isa lang out of four ang maliligtas. No, ang sinasabi lang dito, uh, there is a majority, majority lang, of people who will not yet, not saying, hindi lahat yun, not never, magkaiba yun eh, not yet there. Only those na one-fourth who will actually be yielding the good fruit. The point is clear. Not all who receive the message of the coming of the kingdom, like the seed landing on different soil, will accept the message and become its disciple. Been there, done that, mga kapatid. I've seen people come in, come and go for different reasons, for different sizes and ways and means. Okay? 
hurt once, twice. Pagka na-hurt ka na si thrice, that's it na for you. Hindi, <laughs> uh, totoo. As a pastor, you take them personally. I will not say it to a pastor, no, don't take it personally. You will take it personally. Okay? Because that's about you. Eh. That's the ministry. Okay? Pero, if you think about it, wala talagi. That's it. That's what will happen. You cannot guarantee that the three-fourths of the soil will stay. But there will be people who are staying. There will be who will accept the message. And that is the ministry. Jesus calls for spiritual discernment. Jesus is actually preparing the disciples for a lot of understanding in the disappointments in the ministry. Okay? Because they're still very, very idealistic at the time. For spiritual discernment, there is emphasized in the need for attentive hearing and understanding, which I'll later on explain. Receiving the message of the kingdom, the gospel message about Christ's atoning work, only happens after regeneration. Which is why, which I want to focus on here at this part. First point pa lang po ito. Ah. Medyo mabagal lang po ako mag-deliver ngayon. Okay? Because I want this uh, in a very uh, very slow tone. Okay? So, mayroong, um, mayroong nangyari bago na nampalataya. Okay? And this is a spirit-wrought faith. What do we mean? Well, regeneration often referred to as being born again or being re- spiritually uh, reverted, okay, is actually a transformation of the heart brought about only by the Holy Spirit. This spiritual awakening allows the person to receive and respond to the divine truth, including the gospel message about Christ's atoning work. And there is this uh, slogan that we always want to emphasize because it's true. Regeneration precedes faith. Regeneration precedes faith. Simply put, hindi ka na nampalataya kaya ka naging spiritual regenerated. Okay? But rather, spiritually regenerated ka, kaya ka na ng palataya. That divine logic is very important because it makes the mind calmer, thinking through all these things kung bakit nagpipeople come and go. Because you don't have any control on how the heart is being transformed. Okay? At this point, we know that for sure Okay, ito yung sinasabi ko na, uh, Pastor, siguro mga sampung beses ko na po tinanggap si Jesus bilang Panginoon Tagapaligta, siguro patong-patong na po siya sa puso ko mula ngayon, eh, hanggang nung, nung bata pa ako. Eh. That's understandably so, because Jesus was not there in the first place. So, uh, what I'm saying, simply saying is that, okay, yes, but, okay, a person who is truly converted to faith, will never go back again and again needing to accept Christ again and again because regeneration is a singular divine act that happens prior to believing it is a guaranteed work he we did we did not do that nobody did that no one except the holy spirit so why are we trying to emphasize that because because faith is a gift okay Faith is never something that we solely did because of our own merit or our own strength. But rather, it's been a gift from God. So it is a result of the Holy Spirit working in us, enabling us to believe and trusting in Christ. And this is what we meant when we say spirit-wrought faith. 
It is a faith brought out of and sustained by the regenerating work of the Spirit. And so let's proceed to the second one, the grace-bestowed election. So moving naman to verses 10 to 16, uh, coming out from the crowd, ah, so uh, nagkaroon ng change of setting, importante yon. So nagkaroon ng outside to inside, so from the crowd to the disciples. So the disciples approached Jesus with a query now concerning, Jesus, why are you using the parable? Remember, prior to this, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus is clearly teaching in, 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 plain, in plain sense, in plain words, meaning he's using words that everybody will understand. Okay? But at this point, lumalabas, people are not understanding. There are people who are not understanding it. So the disciples were perplexed. So in response, Jesus begins now, Kasi dalawa nga yung audience. May crowd at saka yung meron yung disciples. So, pastor, sino po ba ako? Sa crowd pa ako? Sa disciples? Walang ganun na Hindi totoo yun. Okay? Ito lang sinasabi natin. When Jesus was there in the historical point of history, He had to talk to disciples privately first because they're not yet understanding. So, Jesus took the pain of trying to unveil to them the purpose of the parable. And it is that, and the purpose of the parable is that it will give Jesus the opportunity to finally explain what he meant. So lumalabas, there is a kind of understanding requirement pala. So ulit, merong regeneration na mangyayari, tama po ba? Kaya lang ang problema po nun, wala pong nakakakita ng regeneration. Taas po ng kamay na nakakita na ng regeneration, kakausapin ko po kayo mamaya. May malapit sa Mandaluyong. Okay, so, uh, dahil nakakaloko po yun. Hindi po totoo na nakikita nyo yun. Okay, so, wala nakakaalam nun. Pero ano po ang naaalam? Anong naaalam? Yung naaalam is yung tao ba na nare-regenerate at mako-convert ay nagkakaroon ng proper understanding of the things that are happening to them. Ito yung sinasabi natin na walang pumasok ng langit na sumisigaw at umaayaw. Ang lahat ng pumasok ng langit ay ine-expect na papasok sila sa langit kasi alam nila kung ano yung pinapasok nila. So dito, at this point, no, Jesus now knows. Pastor, akala ko ba si Jesus all divine knowing? Opo, but He is also man. Okay? And what is being demonstrated here is he has to know for a fact if the, Jesus, uh, if the disciples themselves are being regenerated. How? When he unveiled to them the meaning of the parable. This means na intimately connected itong mga taong to sa kanya and itong mga taong to ang makakareceive na understanding, hindi yung mga nasa labas na kanyang pinagpritsyan kanina. Dito po lumalabas yung katotohanan ng buhay sa buhay kristyano na hindi po lahat maliligtas. What, Pastor? Hindi lahat maliligtas? Sabihin mo nga kaya yan sa palpit, sa ano. Anyway, so, <laughs> oh, siguro nahati church na yun, no? Hindi lahat maliligtas. Yung mga anak ko nga sabi, Dad, why are we a Calvinist? Why? Is it a burden for you? <laughs> Uh, wala siyang choice. So, hindi sa walang choice. May lumaki ka sa community na ganun. Eh. So, um, hindi lahat maliligtas. Ang point dito is, God rules over us by election and as a consequence, reprobation. Anong ibig sabihin, Pastor? Elect. 
Meaning, bago ka pa na ng palataya, bago ka pa ng anak, pinanganak, bago ka pa actually nilikha ang buong sanlibutan, alam na ng Diyos kung sino ang kanya. And this is the point of the purpose of the parable. Kasi sasabihin ni Jesus kung kanino binigay. And this is where the divine, the divine nature of Christ is very apparent. Because ito yung sinabi niya. Ito na lang siguro ang gusto ko i-point out sa inyo if you want your Bible to be read. Uh, sinabi niya mismo doon sa, okay, 10. And then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? So ito yung inquiry ng mga disciples. Dialogal tayo, so in-expect mo sasagot. And he answered them, To you it has been given. Pas- ah, sorry, perfect po yun, passive. Perfected meaning past event that is having an ongoing effect. Uh, kaya pala sinasabi na para pala akong professor. No? Hindi yun, instinct lang po sa utak ko yun eh. So, sine-explain ko lang po sa inyo kasi para alam nyo lang po. Yung wording itself has a bearing. Ang sinabi kasi ni Jesus, to you, it has been given. Meaning, tama, hindi mo kinuwa, yun yung opposite ng given. Hindi din to, ngayon lang ibinigay, it has been given. May, may ano po yung impact po yung language eh. It has been given to you to know the secrets of the kingdom, but to them it is not given. Now, mag-argue lang po tayo paulit-ulit dito if you're not persuaded by the understanding of election, but I think that is clear statements. Kasi po logically speaking, kung hindi binigay sa iyo, ah sorry, Kung binigay sa kanila, sa kaliwa, as kanan na lang, ano ba din yun? Kanan. Kung binigay sa kanan, logically speaking, hindi binigay sa kaliwa. Malinaw po ba? Kasi, hindi pwede nilang sabihin, hindi, binigay naman sa lahat. Kulit eh. Sinabi nga, hindi eh. This is, binigay lang dito, pero hindi binigay doon. So the language does not give room for a middle ground, logically speaking. Excluded middle ang tawag po doon. Okay. For the one who has more will be given, it will be given in abundance. But the one who has not, yung pang nasa kanya ang tatanggalin sa kanya. And that's, that's a very, very uh, sober judgment. Now, uh, it is being given to them. It is passive. It is an indicative, a statement of fact. Okay? That is why there's no room for misinterpretation. The message of the kingdom, to, the secret to understanding it, okay, comes with a divine prerogative. Nagagamit niyo pa ba yung term na prerogative? Prerogative yon. Nino ng Diyos. Hindi mo, hindi ko, ng Diyos. It's a divine prerogative. Which is why both our regeneration and our conversion are grounded solely upon the grace of God. It is by divine election without any condition or even qualification to the recipient. Pansin ko kasi, kapag po ang isang uh, isang reforming, reforming na lang, uh, reforming believer starting to understand yung election, ang unan niyang tatanungin sa sarili niya is, Lord, bakit ako? Bakit hindi yung pamilya ko? Yun agad eh. Yun ang instinct actually. Hindi mo iisipin agad na, uh, Lord, dapat ako. Ayun, may problema po tayo doon, mag-usap po tayo mamaya. So, Pero ang isipin mo, Lord, bakit ako, ako pa? 
hindi ako deserving. Yun ang tamang conversion. Alam mo na alam niya, hindi siya deserving. Pero alam niya na siya ang pinili. Okay? Pastor, pwede bang malaman kung sino ang pinili o hindi? Ako hindi ko pwedeng malaman kung sino ang pinili o hindi. Pero alam mo kung sino ang pinili, kung ikaw ay pinili o hindi. You will know for yourself pinili ka o hindi. Pero hindi mo malalaman kung pinili yung iba. And sasabihin ko lagi as a joke, sana alam ko lang. Pero hindi. Lord, sana alam ko lang. Kasi nga sana napadali buhay ko noon. Tama ba? Kasi parang, alam ko na kung sino ilik dito, yun na lang tuturuan ko. Pero hindi. Okay? Yun yung prank. Anyway, so hindi pala. Lalabas, kailangan ko malaman na lahat ng message has to be the same, pero kailangan kong tingnan kung sino magre-respond. Tama? Sino ang magre-respond? So kung sino yung magre-respond, alam ko na yung response nila is not generated by themselves. Okay? But rather, it is by this guarantee that since all these are by grace, divine election will soon find its way in its growth. The initiation to the secrets of the kingdom of God forms to us a crucial aspect of how Christ teaches. He uses symbolic ways. He uses really symbolic ways. Bottom line. Pastor, bakit minsan ang hirap-hirap talagang intindihin yung message? Uh, there are several aspects to it, I would say. One is, magulo yung mensahe because magulo yung pastor. And that's a fact. Hindi pwedeng sabihin, hindi, alam mo, pagod lang si pastor nun. Alam mo, gutom lang siya. Pwede naman, pero I always blame the pastor if the, the way that it's being communicated is wrong. Pero assuming that it is clearly communicated, which you will know by the body language, by the way you speak, the way you're being responded. So alam mo na naiintindihan ka, then it still does not guarantee na naiintindihan ang lahat. But it will now be again a way for us to know that those who will, okay, have a proper understanding to it, will seek it out in ways that they would want to understand the message. So this becomes the exclusivity part of the gospel. Ulitin ko po, inclusive po ang ating mensahe kasi it is for all. Pero hindi po magiging inclusive yung lahat ng magiging reception ng mensahe. Why? Why do you think? Again, Jesus said so already. Because the conditions of the heart is the one that dictates the receptivity of the message. Malinaw po ba yun? Okay, so the purpose of the parable is for Jesus to extend mere the meaning beyond storytelling. He explains that the narrative itself will serve as a litmus test for receptivity and responsiveness of the hearers. That's why we speak in parables. Jesus expounds on the dual function of the parable. Dalawa lang po lagi. Either the elect will be converted or the reprobate will continue to be hardened. Pastor, bakit ganun? Hinati mo na naman. Oo, kasi hati kasi talaga. So the hardening is part of the concealing. The enlightening is part of the unveiling. Okay? So Jesus is trying to make sure that those who have been regenerated will seek it out. They will seek it out. Okay? 
Which is why yung use ni Jesus is a prophecy sa Isaiah. Isaiah 9.10 underscores for us the fulfillment of this Old Testament narrative. By quoting Isaiah, Jesus is now positioning his teaching within the broader prophetic tradition, emphasizing the unbelief and spiritual blindness among the people that are not unforeseen but are part of the divine plan throughout history. At the end of the course of Jesus' ministry, did any of the disciples finally understood what Jesus is all about? Did, did someone say that I will stand for Christ and not fall away by apostasy? Merong bang last man standing sa disciple? Lalabas wala. Lahat sila nag-fall away eh. Okay? Pero it's part of the divine plan. Pastor, lahat ba ng elect mako-convert? Yes. Lahat ba ng elect pwedeng hindi mag-apostasize? No. Actually, there is a high probability that you will apostasize. Probability po ah, not saying certainty. There is a high probability a converted Christian will be apostate, being apostate. Have you read the Pilgrim's Progress? Actually, hanggang lagi doon pumapasok po kasi yung isip po. Pilgrim's Progress is a very, very good book for you to understand the whole spiritual life of a Christian. Ilang beses po nag-apostasize si, ano si Christian. Hey, too many to mention. Okay? And I would always say that while an elect will apostate, will only be apostatized temporarily, but never permanently. Okay? So, Pastor, na-apostate ka na ba? Anong palagay niyo naman ba sa akin? Ano ako, pinanganak na merong ano, kabanalan sa buhay? Sana lang. Oh, hindi totoo po yun. Okay, so, so in the concluding statement, in the verse um, 16, Jesus now announces a blessing upon the disciples. He's not saying na uh, when you receive the kingdom, upon its reception, you are blessed. No, ang sinasabi niya, you are blessed, that's why you receive the kingdom. Pabaliktad po lagi ang logic, okay? So, lagi po natin isipin na ganoon po. So, affirming that they are already in a privileged status as recipients of divine revelation and that we, as disciples of God's kingdom, are included only by divine ordination. So, as part of God's elect, ruled by His divine sovereignty, we are the blessed saints of all believers. This is the, this is this beatitude or the blessedness is emphasized or emphasizing for us the transformative impact of understanding the mysteries of the kingdom, portraying for us that it is the only source of profound blessedness. Which is why, in Matthew 10, 13, 10 to 16, it not only provides for us an insight into the electing love of God, but also it grounds us that the blessing itself is solely by grace. Okay? And which is why, by way of application, we are again, so our topic is grace bestowed election, diba? So, it is formed solely by grace. However, which in transition to the third point, hindi natin alam yung election. So, I want to emphasize again, how can we discern if the person is elect? Or, ganto na lang, how can I discern if I'm elect? Okay, pwede po ba yun? How? The only way for you to know if you are elect by practice is, as a disciple of God's kingdom, you are now actively seeking to understand and to discern everything that the divine prerogative has given you. 
Ulitin ko po. The seeking and the understanding is the sign for everyone to know if they are truly elect. Okay. Marami po akong church na, lumaki po ako church, hindi na po ako, hindi lumaki ng church. I, I know a lot of motivations for going church, but the most absurd for me to hear is that, um, uh, Pastor, pupunta po yung magkaanak sa, sa church. O oh, bakit? Eh kasi sabi ni ate, si ate po yung taga-OFW, na nag-OFW uh, po ng pamilya. Di ba lagi there's always one in the family? So, sabi ni ate, bibigyan daw po lahat ng 50 pesos ang lahat ng aaten sa church. Sabi ko, sayang yung 50 pesos. Diba? Or hindi kayo natawa kasi hinisin nyo, pwede binigyan kayo ng 50 pesos, no? Wala pa magbibigyan ng 50 pesos sa inyo dito. Okay? Pero, that's the worst for me to hear. Binabayaran ng 50 pesos lahat ng mga apo, lahat ng mga pamangkin, lahat ng mga ate, tita, tito. Bakit? para magsimba. 50 pesos ang kapalit para sa pagsisimba. Ang cheap! Oo nga, baba, baba, 50 pesos, hindi mo nga pwede makakain ng lunch yun. Oh, hindi, pwede ka na kumain ng lunch yun, pero hindi pwede sa Jollibee yun. Okay, so, why? Because, if you think about it, people will have different kinds of motivation to be part of the church. But the only spiritually motivated way to learn, uh, to know if you're elect, is if are you trying to understand and seek out this election that you have received? Seek out to know and understand. Seeking is actually the... the no. Now, segway ako kasi I have to balance that out. Pero hindi lahat na nagahanap, ang inahanap ay kasagutan sa buhay. Uh, nung nag, naging Reformed Christian na po ako, Ang nangyayari po kasi sa akin, kasi studios po ako, so maaral po ako. Tuwan-tuwa ako pag marami nagtatanong sa akin ng mga theological questions. Isa po yan sa greatest joy of my life. Hindi <laughs> naman, joke lang. Ibig sabihin, uh, I, I indulge in that. Okay? Pero I noticed that not everyone who asked me theological questions wants their theological questions answered because they are seeking. But they only want the satisfaction of being part of a club called Calvinism. Sabi ko, gusto mo nalang masama sa club, Calvinism pa. Hindi pa pwede yung mas maganda-gandang club dyan. Okay? Kasi yung Calvinism po sumisikat ngayon. Sino po ang nagpasikat ng Calvinism? For now, si R.C. Sproul, si John MacArthur, ako po, John Piper po kasi ako lumaki, matanda na ako, si Paul Washer. Pag may sinabi, oy, pastor, Tama po yung sinabi niyo, sinabi po yan ni Paul Washer. Sabi ko naman, sino si Paul Washer? <laughs> so, but anyway, sabi daw ni Paul Washer yun. Kasi nag-sermon daw siya, na heartbreaking sa lahat. Anyway, may ganun. So, I'm not saying that that's not the path for a person to become a Christian. It's just simply saying, that's simply not what I'm referring to. Not intellectual, uh, ano lang, intellectual uh, need for you to know. But seeking it out, trying to understand. So the parable served not only for us as a narrative, but as a mirror reflecting our own receptivity of the divine truth. They challenge us to examine our own hearts and minds, to ensure that we are not only hearers of the word, but its doers as well. That as we persevere in the end, let us remember that our understanding and enlightenment are gifts of God's grace, not by our own making. This realization will not make us more proud. 
I know for a fact that the only way to divide the church is pride. Now, ko na lang na, uh, ano yun eh. And I have to examine the pride of my own heart. Actually, yun ang pinakamahirap kasi. Malaman yung deceitfulness ng heart mo. Kung hindi ka nininiwala na deceitful yung heart mo, you've been deceived. Because your heart is very, very deceitful. My heart is deceitful. And pride is the only way that the church gets divided. I know that for a fact. So, ang problem is, those who are truly enlightened are humbled. And since they are humbled, they're submissive. They're not doormats. Kasi lagi ko pong fear sa buhay yun eh. Ibig mo sabihin, submissiveness lagi? No, no, no. Not submissiveness lagi. Conditional submission po yung tinuturo eh. You submit as they submit to Christ. So, ibig sabihin, as I submit, I know that who I'm ever submitting is not just the person that I'm submitting to. I'm submitting to Christ. Because at the end of the day, a grace-elected faith, uh, a grace-bestowed um, election, is those, are those who follow Christ's voice. There are those sheep who listens to the voice of the shepherd. Every time I'm here, I know people will see me as who I am. But I'm not who I am representing today. I'm trying to preach to you Christ's words. And this is why I'm here. And those who hear Christ will follow Christ, not the voice of the pastor. Kung gusto nyo po nang sundan yung voice of the pastor, gusto ko po celebrity pastor ang sundan nyo. Kasi mas masaya po yun. Mas maraming benefit. Pero kung pastor-pastor lang po sa church, eh sayang lang po yung pag-follow nyo. Okay? Because you're not just simply following the pastor. So, a, a, a person who is greater in understanding, greater in enlightenment, will not, will not divide the church. Why? Because he will always be humbled and always quick, quick to repent and he will always be de- depending on God's sovereignty, living, in out a mar- living out marked lives of holiness Gratitude, obedience, and bless, uh, and thankfulness. As re- recipients of God's electing love, sabi ni, nanonood kasi si Imos kanina ng video, na lahat daw ng Calvinist, ay, ano pretentious ba yung term? Sabi mo? Pretentious. Sabi ko, ouch! Pretentious. <laughs> ouch, I'm not pretentious. So, pretentious daw. Ano ko hindi pinapanood niya? Lahat daw ba ng mga, lahat daw kasi ng Calvinistic is very, very proud. Well, sabi ko, well, they do not understand Calvinism. Honestly. If I want to be proud, I'll just join a, a different group. Okay? Because knowing that, that God only elected you out of His love is a way for us to reflect on His grace as we interact to one another. Which leads us to the final point, a faith-grounded holiness. Okay? Finally, we come to Jesus' explanation of the parable, which is the end point and the meat. Sorry, nasa dulo po kasi yung meat. Okay? So this goes to prove to us that the message, the mystery of the kingdom lies not on the message. The mystery of the kingdom lies not on the message. Ulitin ko, the message is plain. The message is actually not double speak. Okay? Hindi yung uh, sinabi ni Jesus sa kalbila, iba yung sinabi ni Jesus sa kalbila. No, sinasabi ni Jesus pare-parehas. Walang nababago doon. It's not on the message itself, but on the hearers. 
The seed corresponds to the measures of the kingdom. That's plain. While the type of the soil simply shows us that, that there are ways that the message are received. The metaphor is plain. When the seed landed on the path, here's the word, did not understand it. And they are unbelievers. Why? Because even if, let's say, there are bystanders, there are those who will be here and then will be, um, um, sabi ko nga, hindi naman kailangan na natin mag, uh, ng mga bystanders actually sa labas ng church. There are a lot of bystanders in the church. Okay? That's the real hard truth. Marami sa church ang nagpunta lang dahil pinasama sila ng parents nila. Nagpunta sila dahil kasama lang sila ng asawa nila. Nagpunta sila because wala silang choice kasi uh, sabi ni pastor, pumunta daw ako. And that's sad. Kung ang, ang motivation mo lang is kasi sinabihan ka ni pastor na magpunta ka, kawawa ka naman nun. Honestly speaking. Because that's not a good motivation. Going to church because sinabihan ka lang ng pastor mo? No, that's not right. Okay? You go there because you have a different different motivation. So, maraming unbelievers po. Pastor, maraming unbelievers sa church? Yes, because they are hypocrites. I thought they walked the aisle and they, they accepted Jesus in their hearts. I know, but I can do that as well. That's not the mark. Okay? Profession of faith does not guarantee possession of faith. So, I know for a fact that it, there is an unbeliever in this category. They are those who hear the gospel and the, the gospel is preached without any distinction, but there is no faith. They're not elect. That's it. And they will never yield to anything. Ang pinaka-prostration ko lang sa buhay kapag ang naglilid sa church is unbeliever. Yun lang ang ko sa buhay. Parang, parang sa pulisya lang din po ito, na yung pinakamataas sa general ay corrupt. Tama ba? Wala ka na magagawa doon kasi he went on the ranks, di ba? Pero ganun po talaga ang buhay, di ba? Pero sabihin ko ba, oh, wag na tayo magpulis. Sabihin ko, oh, wag na tayo mag-church kasi corrupt po yung church. Well, welcome to the church. I mean, where can we find a church that is not, ano, not, not corrupted by things that are of this world? There's none. And I'm talking about the, the visible church. So, it, but the point is, there will always be unbelievers. Second, then the seed landed on the rocky ground. Tama ba? And it is also a failure. Why? Because it cannot grow without any root. Okay. Rootless Christians will make a profession of faith but will never possess them as true and saving faith. The initial acceptance, even though marked by joy, cannot sustain itself because false professors rely on false assurances. Andito ako kasi tatay ko pastor. Ouch. Nandito ako, uh, nandito ako kasi asawa ko, eh gusto maghanap kami ng church. Okay, those are motivations that if, let's say, went through a kind of conversion, will remain rootless because it is apart from regeneration. Tama ba? So, ako personally, I am enjoined. Meaning, nasasayahan po ako pag po may nagpapamember sa church. Sino ba dito ang nagpamember ng church? Lahat sila malungkot. Okay? <laughs> o parang... Ano po, plenary po ba? Tamamamatay po ba sila? Bakit po sila parang ano, pinilit pumasok ng church? Wala pong ganun. Lahat po masaya. May kainan pa nga eh, di ba? <laughs> May kainan pa. May kainan mamaya. Oh. So, meron. Masaya, di ba? Pero it doesn't mean because it has been received by joy, it is 
the one that we're looking for. But because ruthless Christianity will make that profession but will never have it possessed because they are not there in the first place. And sabi nga ni John, they went out from us because they're not of us. They have been with us. If, if they have been with us, they will continue to be with us. But the, the fact that they went out so that it might be plain that they are not with us to begin with. 1 John 2.18 Malino po yung sinabi ni Janom. Ang dami nga pong flowery nung word nyo, kasi logically speaking po yun eh. Ang sinasabi nga, yung fact na lang na sila ay wala na sa atin, okay, will never be a reason for us to say, hindi, baka nagbago naman is. No, hindi nga eh. Wala sila dito. I have never been accustomed of looking for people who are not here. If they're not here, then they're not here. Ganun laging po ang mindset sa ministry. If they're not here, not here. The church will continue. Because I have no hold to the regeneration and the hearts of men. But I can only make sure that those who are here are here to listen. Here to hear the word preach. Okay. So, that's the third. And the fourth one, and that's not the third one. The third one, the seed naman, then went to the thorny ground. It first thrived, but it eventually perished because it became barren in the end. It did not grow any fruit. And this is critical because the fruit is the only thing that is going to be seen. In a ground, yan ko kung nagtanim po kayo ng elementary, pag nagtanim po kayo sa lupa, hindi nyo makikita yung tumutubo sa lupa because nasa lalim nga ng lupa. Malalaman mo na lang na tubo-tubo na po yung, ano ba yung madalas natin nilalagay? Yung, yung munggo. Kapag nakikita mo, oh, mayroon ng ano, oh, oh mayroon ng stem, oh, mayroon ng ano, oh, di, ayun na, nakita mo na. Pero nakikita mo pa lang siya, pero wala pa fruit, di ba? Kasi munggo yun eh. Hindi, mali yung ano ko. So, dapat fruit. So, dapat may fruit, may makikita kang bulaklak. Bulaklak po is fruit, di ba? So, it goes to show to us that not everyone who sought sought, nag-seek out, okay, will remain because the world will sort them out. And this is where sober-mindedness has to come into all of us. Because you cannot guarantee that you'll be here in the future because perseverance of the saints is also a gift from grace. You always have to pray, Lord, thank you for again surviving me for another parabang para bang Hunger Games, no? yung lahat ng tao, pinapatay lahat. Because hindi mo talaga alam kung sino talaga yung makakasama mo in the end. Sino lang po ang nakasama ni, ni Christian sa Pilgrim's Progress in the end bago siya mamatay? Did he, came, did he come with a multitudes of men? In the river? Para ako nag-story story na hindi nyo naman pala napanood. Ano? <laughs> in the river, he went to the river. Who is with him? Only hope. One friend. So, pastor, ibig sabihin, sa lang magiging kaibigan ko, gulang mo naman kausapin. No metaphor yun. Ang ibig sabihin lang, you will never have many friends who are not hopeful as well. Kaya tayo nagtatry. Ako nga personally, sino ba dito? Kung gusto nyo po, pag na-convert kayo, langit na, may mga paraan. Pero hindi po natin ginagawa yun, di ba? Pero ako personally, nakakapagod po talaga ang buhay. Kung pwede lang nga sana, di ba? Pero hindi mo yun. Sira mo, Lord, come, Maranata, sana ngayon na. Pero anong gagawin mo? Nandito ka pa, kasama mo nanay mo, kasama mo tatay mo, kasama mo mga hindi mo gusto sa buhay. Anong gagawin natin? Magsasabihan tayo ng problema sa buhay? May problema din po ako sa buhay. Okay? 
Diba? Let's not say to each other a lot of our problems. Kasi marami talagang problemadong tao. Pero ang point is, hopeful tayo lahat. Hopeful tayo magpapersevere lahat. Hopeful tayo na we have to see each other through that there will be a fruit in the lives of the people. And what is the fruit? The fruit is not so that you can be ministerially involved. Although that's a consequence. The fruit is not so that you'll be better behaved in school. Meron po akong nakausap yung ano, yung nagpapasalamat, yung uh, papasalamat sa akin. Uh, yung, uh, nagkakampa ko dati, sabihin sa akin ng magulang, Pastor, alam niyo po, napakabait na po ng anak ko. Naguhugas na po siya ng pinggan. Ako naman, hindi eh, ba dapat naguhugas talaga siya ng pinggan? Bakit kailangan, kailangan po andalin sa kamp para lang, para lang maghugas ng pinggan? Pero ganun po tayo, di ba? Hanggang hindi po tayo nagpupunta ng kamp, hindi po tayo babait. Parang inisip ko, hindi, araw-araw kamp. <laughs> di ba? So parang lumalabas parang ganun na iniisip natin the only way it would be uh, okay is so that I'll be active. Activeness will never be a sign of a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So what is the fruit? Generally speaking and specifically I would say holiness is the only fruit of faith. Uncompromised fruit. Holiness is the only way that we say that we are fruitful. From the first three types, we have already listed out uh, negatives, tama? Yung tatlo. But let's transform it in a positive way. Para alam nyo po kung ano po yung proseso para masami sa sarili mo if what you possess is true saving faith. So tatlo po yung soil, negative ang result. Gawin natin positive. So po yung una, ang kailangan po doon, may hearing. Hindi po kasi narinig nung nasa pat kasi tinanggal nga po yung, yung seed kinuha ng ibon. So, pero positively speaking, dapat po may hearing. Bingi po ba kayo? Ay, oo. Kasi walang sumagot eh. <laughs> sabi, sabi po sa akin, bingi po ba kayo? <laughs> hindi. Hindi po kayo bingi. Diba? Narinig nyo. So, hearing. Yun po yung unang problema ng pastor. Kapag hindi siya nakakommunicate through, problema niya yon. And I always compensate. So, kasi nga, pag ginawa ko po itong ano, klasiko sa professor sa, uh, sa eskwela, baka hindi nyo po ako ma-hear. Ma okay? Hearing. So, una po yon There must be hearing. Second, understanding. Yung rocky ground, okay? Kaya po rootless, kasi wala ka na talang tataniman. Ako po, marami na po ako nakausap para po sa membership class. Kahit ano pong bato ko, kanang kaliwa, pababa o pataas, hindi, hindi niya po ako maiintindihan, hindi niya po ako maiintindihan at alam ko hindi mo ako naiintindihan. Alam niyo ba kung hindi kayo naiintindihan? Siyempre, nasi-sense mo yun eh. Kahit anong sabi mo, hindi ka naiintindihan. So you push back. Kasi hindi ka naiintindihan, walang magiging result yun. Pero ang isang tunay na mananampalataya, makikinig at maiintindihan eventually. Pastor, Hindi naman ako kasing talino ni Charles Spurgeon. Hindi po ako isang theologian. Well, good for you because you don't have that burden of a gift. Pero simple-mindedness, it doesn't mean na hindi mo lang makuha ngayon, hindi mo mo nakukuha bukas. It just simply means hindi lang pare-parehas ang tao, pagpaproseso ng pag-unawa. But the, the, the message is plain, you should be able to come out understanding it simply kapag nagkaroon na ng time. So understanding... But lastly, it has to be living. It must be lived out in a community like this. Faith must result to holiness, mga magulang at kapatid. Holiness will never come out 
from any fleshy source except by the regenerative work of faith. It must be faith. Pastor, si Dalai Lama, sila niyo po si Dalai Lama, si Mother Teresa na lang po, marami po bang Romano-Katoliko, o sige si Pope Francis na lang. O sino pang gusto niyo mabait? <laughs> okay, tama na. So, so tatlong mabait na yon. Pastor, ang dami nilang ginagawa mabubuti sa mundo ah. Does it mean bad they have faith? I don't know actually. But one thing is for sure, if it is not grounded by faith, it's not holiness. That's only civic righteousness. Kahit ganap, eh pastor, ang dami niya natulungan eh, wala akong pakailam. If it's not grounded by faith, it's not holiness. So it must be grounded in holiness. This relationship is very vital to Christian piety. Again, holiness must come out from faith. The reason why the fruit of holiness is by faith because the root of faith is Christ. And hear me out because this is where I'm going to end. Ultimately, mga magulang kot kapatid, the only good soil in all this world is Christ himself. Wala pong good soil, technically speaking. Just to extend the parable. I'm not saying the parable teaches that. I'm just saying if you look at it in a, in a scriptural way, larger way, the only good soil is Christ himself. Jesus is the only good ground upon which all are united through faith. His own body is the immortal seed sown in which the overflowing water of the Spirit gives life to the body of the whole church. So whenever God's word, the gospel of Christ is heard and received, we are going to all draw the life-giving powers from that Spirit. Therefore, hearing the word ultimately means that we understand it and we apply it in our lives because hearing will ultimately go about to doing. So how do we hear and do? Is this something that we can generate ourselves? Well, this is where expectation and reality has to kick in again and we're now coming into full circle. Why? Because fruit, when grounded in faith, can only come from the Spirit. And holiness presupposes election, regeneration, and conversion. It is holiness by grace and not by scolding. Why? Because it's often tempting for all leaders and even pastors and teachers to always, always make the people be sanctified because they are being guilt-tripped. Guilt is a very, very powerful motivation. I'm not saying yung guilt is hindi part ng conversion. It's part. Pero lumaki po tayo sa Asian society ang pinakamabisa pong pang-move ng tao dito sa society natin is guilt tripping mo sila. Alam nyo po, yung anak ko, pag hindi po tumigil to ng kaka-drawing, sasabihin ko, Nak, Nak, siguro kaya ka-drawing ng drawing kasi hindi mo na ako mahal eh. <laughs> sabihin niya, emotional damage. So, ibig sabihin, ginil trip ko yung anak ko saying na, the only way mo ipapakita sa akin yung pagmamahal mo, is kapag kasinusunod mo lahat ng sinasabi ko. Kasi ma- lumaki po ako sa guilt trip ng mga magulang ko. I'm sorry. Pero kilala ko po mga magulang ko. So, pero I respect them. And that's how I'm been, been, ano. Pero yun nga. So, guilt tripping. But, have to understand, mga magulang ko kapatid, sanctification by scolding will never work. I cannot scold you to be holy. If that is what's being done to you, there you're being bullied. Ulitin ko po, if people are trying to sanctify you by scolding, you are being bullied. 
Okay? But you're not going to be sanctified by bullying. Holiness can never be produced by inspiration or even perspiration. Okay? Hindi yung magsasabi ako, oh, mag-quotable quotes muna tayo ngayon para ma-inspire po tayo o motivate tayo to work. Or, uh, dapat galaw-galaw lang para maging holy-holy naman paminsan-minsan. But, but you have to understand, motivational speech, self-help routine cannot generate a single drop of holiness. Apart from the work of the Spirit, it can only come by grace through faith in Christ with the preaching of His Word. This is the only way holiness is generated. That is why we have to always protect the sanctity of the ministry of the Word because this is the only way. If you believe in any other ways, then go ahead. You're bound to be disappointed because that is expectation versus reality. You are going to be doomed. It can never be. That is why we have to pray and continue to ask God that all these spiritual blessings will be individually be applied to believing Christians and to the church community as a whole. Amen.